0: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Who oh, man, oh man, I am so excited for today's episode. And before we get started, I just wanted to genuinely just heart to heart, heart to heart, that's funny. Anyways, <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Genuinely, your consistent support of me and Evie in this podcast means the absolute world to us. I, I literally say that from the bottom of my heart. We love doing this show and- I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you are new here, welcome to the party. We like to call it a party because it's like a party in your earbuds, kind of. Sure. Yeah. Um, Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We drop new episodes twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're subscribed, you get a notification on your phone. It's really cool. You won't miss a thing. Awesome. Um, and if you are already a part of the Heart and Hustle fam, welcome back, my friend. If you haven't already left a review... I know we harp on this a lot, but, like, it helps us a ton. It really does, and it would mean the world to us. If you just take two minutes to write a review of this podcast, it is just, it's kind of like a giant virtual hug as a thank you for just doing this show if you genuinely love it. So it helps us get also more eyes on the show, which is always helpful to us. So thank you in advance if you take two minutes to pause this right now and leave a review. I'll give you just a little pause. Okay. (laughs) Now let's get started with today's topic. This is honestly going to be a really good one. I'm stoked for it. If you're an entrepreneur who currently has one or more employees, this is for you. If you're an entrepreneur who someday wants to have more than one employee, this is also for you. If you're a human being who wants to learn how to be a good leader, this is for you. So I think that's like, That should be everyone in my opinion, but okay, seriously, we're going to talk about leadership and managing a team today. Evie and I are going to break down how to communicate with your team, the importance of connection within your team, and how to pursue that, and cultivating community within your staff, and how that'll change the game for you as a business owner. Evie and I are so stoked to dive into this topic today. Currently, we both run teams of four to eight on several different companies. And each of these points are lessons we've learned through the years of growing our businesses and our teams. Some of them have been learned through the hard way. So hopefully, today's episode will give you a leg up and help you avoid some of your own mistakes. All right, I'll shut up now so we can get to the good stuff. Are you ready? Let's go. <music>
1: Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hey, hey, fam. Oh, I'm so excited for today's show. I know Lindsay is too. We're going to talk all about how to manage a team and lead people well. And we're going to kind of dive into a few foundational points of principles, basically, that you can pursue in building a good team and managing a team well and becoming a strong leader. But the main foundation, the main point, the main goal that all of these foundational principles are driving towards is to create a culture of value and a culture of honor. And so just keeping that in mind as you're approaching, you know, any sort of leadership, any sort of especially community building in the sense of building a team or something like that, that that's the goal and that's what you're driving towards.
0: Yeah, and I think to bring some real life application into this, um the inspiration for this episode, obviously as you're an entrepreneur, you're probably growing a team slowly or you will in the future and I think As entrepreneurs that got into a business, probably because it was a creative hobby that we loved, we don't get into, like, if you love making macrame and you want to start selling that on Etsy and your business grows so much that then you might have to have an assistant or you have a product shipper, I don't know, apply that to any industry that you particularly are in. As your business grows, just you realize, oh, I need help. I need to add team members. You don't you probably didn't start your business from the get-go thinking, I need to know how to be a good leader. I need to know how to be a good boss. I need to know how to how to manage people well. Like that's not probably the thought. If that is, that's awesome, but that's probably not the thought that was in your mind when you first started your business. I know that's not anything what I thought when I started my photography career. I was like, oh, I love taking photos. I like me making people feel good with memories. I didn't think, oh, in the future I'm gonna have a team of eight potentially like having to like manage them and lead them well. And from the flip side, maybe you're not an entrepreneur at all. Maybe you're in a 9 to 5 and you absolutely hate your job. And so another inspiration for this episode is with with what evie said was creating a culture of value. I think a lot of times the reason that people in the world hate their job is because the boss or the CEO of whatever company that you're in potentially has not created a culture of value. And what that means is like that that you as an employee don't have buy-in. You don't have any reason to feel wanted or or like what you're actually doing matters. And so I think that's often what makes people hate their job because it's like, that's what makes them not care. It's what makes them slack off. It's what makes that culture feel like they're just going, doing the work and then getting out of there as fast as possible. And so we're, from the CEO mindset or from the entrepreneur mindset side, we're going to talk about that, of like, why is it that people hate their jobs? Or why is it that people don't feel like what they're doing at a company or at a business matters? So if you're building a team or you're building a company or you're building a business, These are things to keep in mind um, as a CEO and as the leader. Like, how can I lead my team well in in the sense that they feel important? They feel like they understand the mission of where we're heading, like where we're steering the ship in the direction that the company is going. Just all of that. That's just,
1: I'm so stoked for this episode. We're going to dive into three different points. And Evie, do you want to start with the first one? Heck yeah. And I also want to preface a lot of these principles are still just as applicable to everyday life. Even if you are in the corporate world or something similar, you know, you could be a manager at uh, a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's or you know something like that. You still have some somebody under you. You're still leading in some capacity and all of these principles still apply. These principles can apply to parenting. I mean, I feel like there's so much that can apply in so many of these. So just keep an open mind when you're listening, even if you may not have the dream or goal of being a CEO with, you know, many employees under you or whatever, it still applies in a lot of areas of life. So kind of pick and choose what applies to your specific situation. So diving in to point number one, a big one. Let's take a breath. Healthy communication. Um. (laughs) It's going to be... So, so, so revolutionary. If you do not currently have healthy communication in your workplace, in your business, in your company, whatever, this will change your life. It will change your employees' lives. Being able to lead with compassion and empathy in that communication because communication and especially like confrontation or, you know, having those tough conversations, it doesn't mean you bulldoze over people. It doesn't mean you walk over people. It doesn't mean that you assert your dominance and say, I'm right, you're wrong. When you are able to lead with compassion, with empathy, with hearing, why were they late on this project? Why did they do what I would consider a subpar job on this project? Or why are they struggling with this scenario or whatever, you know, leading with that mindset of caring for the other person in that situation is going to make them feel that value and that honor from you that they're not just a puppet or a pawn or, you know, a chess piece that you're moving around your chessboard, that they actually are important and valuable, that their input is important and valuable to you. That will create so much mutual respect between you and any employees that you're working with.
0: Yeah, I think... Be especially from the CEO's position or like the, well, yeah, the CEO of the, like you, the entrepreneur, the head of the company, if you really invest time into listening and valuing the opinion of your employees, kind of like Evie said, I think it, it helps give them that buy-in of like, oh, like my opinion actually ca- like matters to the direction of where the ship is steering in this company. And I think with that communication, kind of bumping off of what Evie said, you set the tone so whether there's something that you need to bring up that's m- might be an uncomfortable conversation like whether it was a subpar job and you want them to do better or you want them to do something a little bit differently um like knowing how they might receive things which that's a future point we'll get into that in a second but you set the tone and i think it's so important as a ceo to not just let things go under the rug or shove them under the rug if there's like a dis- disagreement or if there's something that they did that you're not Happy with, don't just like ignore that. Like, always have healthy communication. Always bring it up, bring it up in a loving but firm way. And I, again, like, you set the tone in that conversation. You get to decide how you're going to make them feel in that conversation. You mm-hmm. still should, if they've done something that isn't a quality job or isn't to your standards or isn't what you expected, then have that conversation. Don't ignore it and set the tone in that conversation to let them know that you're not like, beating them down they're not an awful human being for making one mistake but i think i think especially as a ceo that maybe didn't intend to be ceo like you kind of fell into it because again like i said in the beginning you started a hobby that you loved and then you're like oh now i'm a team oh now i'm managing people okay great um if you are afraid to bring up the hard stuff that's going to come back to bite you in the butt later Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to have those tough conversations and be open and honest and getting feedback and even like asking your employees, even I almost like proactively, if there's a disconnect or if there's a miscommunication or an expectation that was not met, put that on yourself and be like, what did I not do as the leader? Mm-hmm. to not set expectations beforehand if if this is how they misunderstood that. It, like, don't assume that it's always their fault because, yes. you know, we're all imperfect people.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I have so much to add to that and say and amen and agree. Uh, let me get my thoughts straight. First of all, the first thing that I want to say, Lindsay was talking about, like, you set the tone. You, you know, you're the one who approaches those hard conversations, which is so, so true, but also you set the tone with the positive conversations. You need to be noticing and praising and communicating with what your team is doing well. Like, what are they? the little things that you're noticing? Thank you so much for showing up on time. Thank you for, you know, whatever that looks like, it, you know, different things. Thank you for your quick response. Thank you for going above and beyond and going the extra mile. Thank you for already like taking proactive action on that project because, you know, that... I value that so much, like recognizing and setting the tone of honor and of acknowledgement when somebody does something well. Cause we're communication and healthy communication is not just about the hard conversations. Although I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. I think a lot of people also struggle with like, Positive reinforcement and, you know, calling out the gold in your employees and, you know, saying what you value and noticing that because I think it's very easy, especially as a leader and whether that's you're the CEO or you're a manager. It's very easy to get caught up and distracted by all the other responsibilities and tasks that are swirling around in your brain and in your life, and it's very easy to forget to notice that that employee just went above and beyond for your customer, or that yeah. they, you know, went above and beyond to help out a fellow team member or whatever that looks like. It's very easy to just be like, "Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's off the list." Like <laughs> Lindsay's raising her hand. <laughs> i i just
0: i couldn't agree with that more i'm the kind of person that i'm very one track minded i've like focus on one thing at a time and i resonate so much with what you just said because it like i will acknowledge in my head i'll be like oh they did such a great job oh perfect that's exactly what i needed but i will so often forget to like say it whether it's like my intern kt or even rachel or anybody like if they've done a good job i have to constantly remind myself to praise them especially if somebody's love language is like words of affirmation which we'll get into that in a second but you i just forget a lot so it's like even almost even reminding yourself on your to-do list like hey praise your employees for the things that they're doing that are good that you're enjoying that you love
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it takes i think practice i think it takes like consistent intentional thought of okay What has everybody on the team done well today? And what can I like praise them for today? Like at the end of the day, it can almost be like a to-do list on, or a task on your to-do list where you can go back and be like, whoa, so-and-so did this well. So-and-so showed up with a good attitude. So-and-so like, cheered on one of their team members so-and-so took initiative on a task and actually proactively moved on an assignment so-and-so like and go through and by the end of the day be like thank you so much for the doing x y and z today it meant the world i so appreciate you you're the best like that is going to revolutionize your workspace and your team environment so do not do not feel uh, avoidant or yucky about healthy communication like i don't even know the proper word that i was going for there but healthy communication will change your entire company if you know how to do it well
0: yeah i have a, an example from the other side before i was an entrepreneur of of my boss not doing this well so i worked as a waitress at a brewery before i got into photography or kind of as i got into photography at the beginning and i hated that job with a passion. The literal only reason I stayed was because it was a brewery. It was like one of the most popular in town and it made good money. My tips were popping. And so that's why I stayed. But from the experience of being an an employee that did not feel valued one ounce, I think it's because it, it felt like I was trying so hard, no matter what I did, the boss, like my manager was always pointing out the negative. They were always being like, why didn't you do this? Hey, mm-hmm. you did that wrong. And there was like never, ever, ever any acknowledgement for all the things that I did right. And so it felt like I was in my head constantly being like, I'm a failure. I literally am trying 150% to do this job well. And it's like, that's what the was the most frustrating thing is like, I was trying. It wasn't like I was slacking off and he was like, Hey, don't slack off. It was like, I was actually trying and if I did one thing wrong, if I like filled the mustard containers like too many or like in the, with the wrong container, it was just like an end of the world, World War Three. Like <laughs> just constant, constant beration of my of like the fact that I didn't do this or I, this was wrong. And so I, I I can see this just from even a different perspective of being an employee that that wasn't a culture that wasn't valued and even how I got, fi- I got fired that's a whole other story but I, I the way i got fired was like he called me after uh after what was it winter break like to i called basically to get my new schedule and he was just like we actually i don't think we actually need like you a lot like this season and i was like uh like how many hours and he was just like like none <laughs> and oh my like that's gosh. how i got fired
1: <laughs> so don't wow. be that so don't dude. don't do that <laughs> <laughs> do, do not follow in those footsteps. <laughs> oh man, the restaurant industry, dude. That's a whole other conversation. But an entire podcast on that. We seriously good what we learned in the restaurant industry. Anyways, that's
0: a really good okay, we're just brainstorming right now for future episodes.
1: <laughs> I love it. My dad always said, growing up, he wanted his kids to either have a job in the restaurant industry or the service industry or uh, retail. Before doing whatever else they wanted to do in their lives, he wanted us always to have the, that experience because it teaches you so so much, and it is yeah, man, man. eye opening. <laughs> it also listen. gives you
0: perspective when you go out to eat. Oh, this is a whole other tangent. I'll keep it short. When you go out to eat, especially with a kid, now when mm-hmm. I was a waitress, I was I would dread families only because I'd have to. I knew I would have to clean up all the crap, the food that they fall like everywhere. So then counteractively, now I'm like okay, if my child makes a mess, I'm gonna clean it up because I feel that pain of that waitress or waiter. Yep.
1: I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking
0: yes. I've definitely been there, and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our
1: content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels
0: empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com content or click the link in the show notes.
1: Now go kick some butt and create some content.
0: All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes.
1: All right, so point number one was healthy communication. And then point number two is get to know them. This is so, so, so important as a leader, as a boss, as somebody who's managing people, leading people, Get to know your team's different and unique weaknesses and their strengths. Learn how they tick, how they think, how they operate, what drives them, what scares them. Like Pursue that knowledge of them because that's gonna help you lead them well and that's gonna help you serve and honor each and every one of them really well.
0: Yeah, like I was saying in the point number one when I hinted at this point was getting to know them and maybe uh, their Uh, what the love language is that they receive love best or just understand appreciation and positive reinforcement best is via words because their love language is words of affirmation. Knowing that if you get to know your team, like their Enneagram number, their love language, all the things about them and their personality, that's going to help you know how to talk to them in the way that they feel love the best or feel like I guess receive positive reinforcement the best, um, mm-hmm. and just honestly treating them the way that you would want to be treated. I think like that's also important. Just to getting to know them and really applying that information to how you treat them, and not just treating them like a robot that randomly works for you, but really mm-hmm. truly getting to know them. I think is so crucial. Um, another thing that I would say with this point is doing check-ins. I feel like I'm personally bad at this, but I don't know. Evie, are you bad at this? I don't know. You might I, I be good think at this, I'm pretty
1: good at this. I'm I to need to get better,
0: but it's <laughs> it, it's doing like ch- regular check-ins, and I don't mean check-ins for like tasks. I mean check-ins on like how are you feeling? How how could I do a better job as your boss, quote unquote, or whatever to make you feel loved, make you feel valued, make you feel appreciated in this team? Like, ask them: Do you feel appreciated? Do you feel like what you're working on right now is important? Do you know how valuable what you're doing is to me if I'm not doing a good job of that please tell me like it's again that kind of goes back to open communication Mm -hmm. or healthy communication but just having those regular check-ins and getting to know them and you know their personalities and I don't know I just have so many thoughts on all of
1: this. Yeah I think it's just important you know this this ties in really with the communication but it's also more than just communicating. It's actually like seeking to to know and to understand, um, yeah. to try to realize and recognize, you know, how someone thinks and even their their background or their previous work history that might, you know, make them more tending towards they operate better with a lot of accountability and a lot of, you know tasks and to do lists and deadlines, or they come from maybe a more fluid slash creative job history background and they operate well with a bit more like leniency and freedom. And, you know, understanding those little nuances in your staff will change the game for how they feel. Therefore, how they work. And it's, it's not just like, Oh, let me love my team well so that they'll work harder. It's let me love my team well so that they are loved. Like, that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it just creates this beautiful, like, cycle of love, respect, honor and and value from everyone to everyone when you're creating that. And then everyone has buy-in, like Lindsay was saying, where they feel invested in in you and your company and your vision behind what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're serving and why you're serving them. And you know, they care about the customers the same way you would. And it creates this this desire for them to be a part of what you're doing. So just spending time getting to know them, talk to them about stuff other than work. How was your week? You know, how uh, how is this going in your life? I know you're moving right now. How's the move? Is there anything that I can do to make the move easier for you? You know, things like that, that show that you care about them beyond just a, a, an employee or somebody to knock tasks off your to-do list. Like spend time actually investing in them and in their life.
0: Yeah. The only other thing I would add to that is, um, a bonus thing that you could do is know their birthday, know their yes. maybe anniversary if they're married, um, have those on the calendar or have them you're on your assistant's calendar and then your assistant can remind you. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not what we do at I, all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would send your team member birthday gifts. That's yep. something that we do. Um, ironically, our assistant who keeps track of the, that, it was just her birthday not too long ago. Uh, and we were like, <laughs> Can you tell us what you would want? Because you normally manage this. Because <laughs> like, normally, for all the other team members, you want. Yeah, we're like, okay, normally for all the other team members. <laughs> yeah, normally for all the other team members, we brainstorm with Rachel, our assistant, to think of like a creative uh, gift that would be good for said team member. And she also knows their birthdays and keeps track of them, so she's really on it. But then for her birthday, we were like, "Oh, is your birthday? What do you want?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, we love her.
1: She's family. Yeah, if you haven't listened great. to her episode, you should. She's just a gem. But yes, just putting value in and time into getting to know your staff, having them take, you know, strength finders quizzes or love language quiz or Enneagram, you know, personality tests or whatever. Getting that type of information and knowing how do they think, how do they operate, how do they work and what drives them will help you navigate communication and, and day-to-day you know, interactions with your staff so, so much better.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving on to point number three, the final point is to cultivate community within your staff. Now that sounds fancy. That sounds like, oh, I have to have a staff of 50 to do this. Not at all. Even if you have one person on your team, cultivate and think creatively. How can I create community with that one person or with those 10 people? If you have a team or staff of 10, Um, It doesn't matter the size. It's just the principle of cultivating community so that they feel loved, they feel welcomed. I feel like this kind of also blends into the other two points that we talked about. But um, a practical thing that you could do is have a team retreat as you grow. I know that's a little hard right now in the season of COVID. We've been having, or we've been trying to have a team retreat freaking this year, and it just is not happening because of COVID. So I get it. Um, But I think that's something really cool, especially if you're an online business that has, remote team members like half of our team I've never met in person mm-hmm. um so it's it's just really cool to if you're able to do that to have a team retreat where you can get away see all of the faces in person hug them actually have that face to face communication that's a really really great tool mm-hmm. um something else that I would say is whether you communicate on text or slack I recommend slack cuz it's a little bit more like personal life uh separate what we have is we have different channels in slack for different Tasks or different avenues or different organized, like basically different areas of our business. But then we also have um, one that's called general. And like that's where like Rachel talks about her kids in there and she's like, hey, like John Michael just won this or whatever. Um, We also have a, at least between me, you and Rachel, we have a text message thread that's purely for life. And so that's another way that we cultivate community within us, at least, is if we slack each other that's work-based but if if one of us texts each other because like how you would a friend then that's that's like oh hey look uh John Michael did this I keep using her child as an example but <laughs> um it's just a really cool way to cultivate like friendship and life okay. within your team as well just creating that communication that isn't doesn't make communication always just work-related
1: Yes. Yeah, and I think it's also something that's really powerful whether you do this on like a team retreat or you just, you know, have a conversation or a meeting once a year or something, talk about the the mission statement of your company, talk about the purpose behind what you're doing, talk about your goals with your staff. If you're comfortable with that, talk about your financial goals for the year or, you know, whatever that that looks like. Bring them into ownership. Uh, uh-huh. Mentality of the company and their job within the company. Don't just make them feel like you know they're replaceable. And that's another thing that we want to talk about. Avoid that replaceable mindset at all costs. Do not ever make an employee feel like someone else could do their job at any point in time, and that they can just you know be replaced at at the drop of a hat. So, bringing them into that that ownership mentality of I'm a part of this community. I'm a part of this movement that's fighting for change in, you know, this area, no matter what it is, if you have a mission statement as a company, invite your staff into that, invite your employees into that, that movement and give them buy-in so that they want to be a part of it because they see your goal and they see your purpose and your mission. And they want to be a part of that change and that impact in the world.
0: I kind of just thought of this. This isn't on our notes. And I don't know if it technically falls in this category. I think it kind of does. But as you grow a team, as the manager or CEO, when you're giving tasks to your employees, something that I think really, really helps give them ownership and give them buy-in, kind of going along with what Evie said about creating that culture of value and, and making sure that they understand the mission statement is... I think it's really easy, especially if you're a solopreneur and you've been used to doing everything yourself and it's it's hard to hand off things. Um, a really practical example for me was um, when I hired KT, my intern, like handing her the reins to take over the Heart Instagram account. Like for a while, she was writing captions and then I would approve all of them. But as she got better, as I really wanted to like empower her in her position even if it's just an intern I wanted to make sure that she knew how valuable she was and so as she got better like I was like hey you don't have to I I don't need to approve every single caption basically learning to let go and let the reins like instead of just basically looking over your shoulder at all your employees to make sure that they're they're doing a good job or whatever like really truly i think it builds trust and it builds that empowerment to really give them the opportunity to be like oh i got this is my avenue like no one's covering this but me like i need to have ownership in this aspect of the company and do it well because they i don't have a babysitter looking over my shoulder because i think if you do look over people's shoulder and you're always like, oh, did you do that right? Oh, uh, can you Like, you're not empowering them to have that buy-in, which enables them, you know, to create a culture of value and and honor in your entire company. That's so good.
1: That's so good. I just thought of that. Amen. (laughs) No, I think that that applies so perfectly. That's so good. So just to give you a, a quick recap of the general goal First and foremost, is that you're seeking to create a culture of value and a culture of honor. So everything you do when leading your people and managing your team should be with that mission and that purpose in mind. So number one, we talked about healthy communication and how handling those hard conversations with confidence and setting the tone will just change the game. Sweeping it under the rug never solves anything. It it hurts you and your staff. So don't do that. But also approach the good conversations really, really well. Don't be afraid slash don't forget <laughs> to praise your staff and to serve them and love them in return. And then get to know them. Number two, spend time investing in understanding who they are, their, their history in their life that might lead them to approach their job from a different worldview or different perspective or, you know, a different mindset because they came from the corporate world and now they're working in a small creative, you know, business or whatever that is. Get to know them, have them take quizzes like, uh, the love languages quiz or Enneagram or strength finders or anything like that. And then finally, Seek to cultivate community within your staff. Whether you have one person on your team or 100 people on your team, you can still build that community, which is going to create ownership mentality, buy-in, and such a beautiful cycle of love and respect from your team to you, to your customers, and all back again. Yes. Yes. Well, that's
0: all we have for you today. (laughs) And I hope that was super helpful. I am really passionate about this topic. I know Evie is too. Yes. I think just with how many people in the world hate their job, I think these principles are so important, especially for leaders to understand to not just treat your employees as replaceable and to not honor them but to really truly create that culture of value like evie was saying so hope you got a lot out of this episode if you loved it please screenshot and share it on instagram stories tag us we love love seeing them we love seeing you guys just enjoying the show it's amazing to us so if you want to tag us or find us on the gram you can find the podcast and our company the heart university at at the heart university you can find evie at evie rupp and me at Mrs. Lindsay Roman on the gram. Um, We also have our Facebook community on Facebook. If you have not joined, that's where we pull you guys for new episode topics and just have really great chats between a bunch of creative entrepreneurs. So that link will be in the show notes. And I think that's all we have for today. If you love this episode, just tell us, please tell us and go have a wonderful rest of your day.